Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Um, Byron's really two nice guys. I don't know what he was seeing when I was working for him, but um, I was pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. I just struggled to keep up with those boys. I think I got heat stroke twice. I think I hit it once. Another time I actually had to stop working. It was really embarrassing because they're all real tough and just used to it. And I'm like trying, nearly vomiting my guts up. Sit, I, was, I was at a school, wasn't it? So I was like in the sick bay with all the primary school kids. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> But <laughs> and they're like, "You're doing good, excellent, excellent, yeah, great." And then the most annoying thing too is though, I remember one time we were doing it. We're at another school, but no one, no one was there yet. And because um, when your boss tells you to do something, and then you know he wouldn't do it, that's when it really gets you going, isn't it? But bloody Byron, he gets there, he would do even more than me. So like, legit, it was like past half the day, and I'm like, okay, just got to get a couple more, a couple more, out. and then he orders like a massive thing of dirt. And I'm like, we can't just leave this here. So like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, no, surely. I'm like, oh, maybe we'll just put the tarp over it or something. And then, nah, come on, boys, we're going to do it. Get the wheelbarrows out. And I'm exhausted. And Byron, he could have jumped on the digger or he could have gone and done some, I don't know, done some of the paperwork. But no, nah, he was on the barrow running like twice as fast as me. And I could barely keep up. Like, I legit was just trudging through, so embarrassed the whole time, trying to keep a good attitude. But I was like, this close. I reckon a couple of my hours I would have just like snapped and we wouldn't be friends. I don't know. But (laughs) (laughs) anyhow, so um, let's just pray real quick. Uh, Father God, thank you for today, Lord. I just pray that you um, use me to communicate effectively, Lord God, and clearly. And I just pray that the congregation just can just hear my heart in this, Lord God, and see where I'm trying to communicate. In your mighty name, amen. All right. All right, so while I'm just getting ready, if we pull out your Bibles, we're doing Psalms this summer. So, we're doing it, Joe and I are doing it, and then, so Psalm 128, if you got it, we're going to read together, it's not on the screen, so you're just going to have to either listen or pull it up, so, all right, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways, when you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and you shall... And it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children's peace be upon Israel. So that's, that's that. So if, if anything goes wrong today, or I make a few bad points, just write down Psalm 128, and then that's really my message. So take home and read that. Um, I want to read another version, because less of my ideas and more of the Bible is a better idea. So here's another version of this. It's a Passion Translation. It's really, it's pretty good. So it says, How joyous are those who love the Lord and bow low before God, ready to obey Him. Your reward will be prosperity, happiness, and well-being. Your wife will bless your heart and home. Your children will bring you joy as they gather around your table. Yes, this is God's generous reward for those who love him. May the Lord bless you out of his Zion glory. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem throughout your lifetime. And may you be surrounded by your grandchildren. Happiness to you and happiness to Israel. So, just immediately when I read that, which was... um, 
just after I was asked to preach, so I thought, all right, better get into Psalms, find one. But that was um, actually the first one I came across, which is good, like efficiency. And um, what jumped out at me straight away was, your wife will bless your heart and your home. And um, I was, immediately when I read that, I thought, I've got a good wife, because I thought of Hale's. In a, in a good way, not in a way of like, oh, why haven't I got that promise? It was in a way of like, I'm reaping that reward. So I just wanted to publicly say, Hales, you, you're doing good. <laughs> but um, so usually, I don't know if you, you probably, you might not remember, but I try steer clear of any um, marital advice or anything when I, um, when I preach because, you know, you're a rookie. But I've got a kid now, so the ego's high. I'm going to have a crack, all right? But just bear with me, bear with me. So you older husbands, just like, just at least, at the very least, just nod your head and go, all right, he's learning, he's learning. You younger guys, listen up and maybe you can save a few, like, I don't know, a few years of experience, all right? Here we go. This is the first run. (laughs) So, (laughs) so it starts off, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. So that means you're obeying him, right? And so when we got married, I pledged to Hales under a covenant that I would love you as Christ loved the church. And then Hales said, and I will submit to you. So, and I read all these marriage books and stuff. I read like, it was, (laughs) out of the two of us, I read like all the books. I think I read six books, no joke. And Hales just jumped to the sex section and all the other ones. And that was it. (laughs) So... (laughs) And they were a complete waste of time, except that I could win some dumb argument because I quoted a marriage book. And you're like, oh, you're good on you, mate. But anyhow, so I knew I had to lead from the front and be the man who would lay down his life for his wife, right? But early on, I interpreted that as, so I was like, we got married, we were still at university, both of us. And so like, was, we basically just studied and hung around. Like, We didn't have too much other than study. It was... <laughs> Go to uni, come home, study, eat, go to church. That was pretty much all we did. Which was, but then I was like, after a big day or something like that, I'd get home and then I'd do my thesis for a couple of hours and I'd sit home. And then, but I wasn't showing my love and stuff like, oh yeah, Hales, I'd die for you. But, but no one's at the door, no one's trying to get us. So, um, cool, you got the dishes? Yeah, that's cool. And then she'd like get all upset at me. And I'm like, babe, I'd catch a grenade for you. And then. <laughs> Well, that means nothing. She's like, there's no grenade here, mate. What are you doing? And then I started realizing that that's, Jesus was setting the benchmark, right? So that's it. He laid down his life for our church. But Jesus always picked every opportunity to love the most extreme. So I, the, what I'm learning now is, as a husband, and particularly like to set an example to Ira when he's actually can notice what I'm doing. But um, I need to, in our house, I'm going to set the standard of love which is the standard of how much we sacrifice for each other. So if Hales is doing something or anything like that, of course we change because we're a team. The way we always say, go team, and we fist bump each other. I see our marriage as like uh, a Tour de France race. We're not sprinters. We're general classification riders. And whoever needs the slip, we just take turns. We're like, all right, you go, babe. And then she gives me a break. And I go, you go, babe. And we just slip each other. That's the way I see it. But the, I, want to be, I need to be the one who's setting that standard first. And then when we read on here... As a godly wife, you'll bless your heart and home. Then you need to create the environment and the atmosphere, which I think is not like we've got such a chill baby. And like I know, again, you've only got one kid. Yeah, good on you. But I seriously think there's a big there's a big factor in that is that Hales has created such a peaceful home for us. So 
There you go, guys. Take it or leave it. It's working for me. So that's all I got. No. <laughs> Moving on. Now we'll do other stuff. That was just my awkward thing because, you know, three years. It's not the longest run. All right. <laughs> all right. So at the beginning of the year, I was listening to some Bethel, Bill Johnson. And don't, you know, if you've ever been in church, how many know every year is the year of generosity? Every year is the, I, I've, God told me this is the year of breakthrough. And I can be like, yeah, cool. I don't notice any difference. But, um, come on, you got to tell me you thought that. It's true. It's true. That's right. So, and then I got this kind of thing as well. When I was reading this verse. I'm like, yeah, okay. Happiness and well-being, you know, like a generous reward. And it's like such... We get in this kind of churchy environment where these kind of words wash, they just wash over us. But it's, um, I feel like, because at the start, it starts off with a fear of, the, of God. And um, I feel like when, that, when that's not in its right spot, that's when we start to think, like, we start to be a little bit cynical and it's not as right. Because it's true, under the New, new Covenant, every year is the year of Jubilee. So... As believers, we do get to walk in that. And yeah, okay, it might be a bit repetitive, but it's true. God does, isn't, have, is not like said, this is the year of budget cuts. There's no budget cuts in God's kingdom. So I know what you mean. I've, I struggle with this all the time where it's like, I've heard it all before. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. But that's from a place of believing and a place of being under his kingdom. And I think, so I think this stems from, and when we get these feelings, I, to me at the moment, I'm feeling like we've got this, the fear of the Lord wrong. And so I think we need to look at that together. All right, just let me um, get my spot. But yeah, so blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who works in his, walks in his ways. And, and then the Passion Translation says, they bow low before God. So to me, when immediately when I um, read that, I thought Ecclesiastes. Because we flick over to Ecclesiastes 12, 13. He says, so this is Solomon, and then he's talking about how, like he was just analyzing life and the meaning of life and how it's all meaningless and everything like that. And you can get a bit down in the dumps if you read Ecclesiastes with the wrong, with the wrong attitude. But then he sums it up at the end, and he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. For God... Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. So to me, that's my type of scripture. There's no fluffiness in the middle and everything like that. It's just boom. You love God, fear him, keep all his commandments. That's your all. And then there's no kind of like, and then you'll get some promises and everything like that. Because me naturally, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. And you do need to believe for that. But I can kind of keep my motives pure if I just go like, fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. And then I read this one here. He's making the same point, but then reassuring us in a way that that's, it's not in vain and that God notices that when you do do that. And he goes on in here and he says, um, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So I don't know, back in Old Testament days, if that was told to me, I'd be like, oh, great. So <laughs> fear God. Just keep his commandments, that's your all, and I'm still going to judge you. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. It's like, what am I going to do to fix this up? But now we get to walk in this. So that last bit doesn't apply to us anymore. Yeah, there's judgment, but because we've got Jesus now in the new covenant, we're now working through like his grace and his salvation. So now he gets judged for us. So 
So that first step still there. That's still applicable. But that is our all. But now the beauty of it is, instead of getting judgment, we get all these blessings. You know what I mean? All right. All right, here we go. So, as hopefully this, is, this could be one of those um, awkward moments. But has anyone ever had those times in life, you had a big day at work or you're at home and nothing's gone right, and you go, what am I doing wrong? Like, what the heck? Why am I working so hard? Joe Blow's going overseas and da-da-da, just bought da-da-da. And it's like, just get you, like you get down in the dumps, don't you? It's like, I call it a, I don't always call it, I just thought about it, but I'm going to pretend like I do. It's called the, the rock in the suburbs attitude, you know, Ben Folds. Like, let me tell you what it's like being male, middle class and white. You're just being a real whinger. Like, it's not, it's just a whingy attitude. And... Yeah, I got it the other day. I had a day off work and I was driving around the coast and I was stuck in traffic. I was just annoyed. I'm like, what are you doing? I have to go to Sydney. How are you all, why is there traffic in the middle of the day? What's going on? And I was just getting in a bad attitude. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, not good, but that's all right. And I think that's, that's there as a big indicator of we're seeking the wrong thing first. See, so seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. But when you're thinking like that, it's almost like you're seeking all the things and then the kingdom will be given to you. Because we just got it around the wrong way. There's that wrong flick and that wrong attitude about it all. Because if you really are seeking the kingdom of God, there's no comparison or anything like that. And like the promise says, it says here, Blessed is every man who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy. And it shall be well with you. So if you are fearing God and obeying his commands, seeking first the kingdom of God, whatever, so eat the labor of your hands. Whatever you bring into your house and you consume, that will bring you joy. That will bring you happiness. So if that's not happening, either the Bible's wrong and you've proved it wrong, pretty impressive if you've done that, or you've just got the wrong attitude about it. So I think it's important that we try to keep that, that's the first things first. And uh, so now I just want to, so I was thinking, all right, all right, I've got to fear, fear the Lord. So how does, how does that look? How do we explain that? And how do we do that in a real kind of way? Explain, like, cause okay, cool, fear the Lord. And you're like, all right, I'm scared, God. Bless me. You're like, what? That's wrong. Like, that's not, you're, <laughs> you're getting it wrong. Uh, has, um, is everyone familiar with the love languages? Yeah? You've all done that test and figured out what your languages are. You've got touch, quality time, gifts, acts of service, and words of affirmation. So me personally, I'm a acts of service and a quality time kind of guy. And Hales is a, a gifts and a touch kind of person. So it works well because if you ever stuff up or you do the wrong thing, give her a gift, good touch, we're all good. But, <laughs> but if you want to show some love to Hales, leave the touching to me, give her a gift, that's all. But, okay. <laughs> but you can give her a hug. Um, so this is the thing though, but the thing with gifts, it just drives me crazy sometimes because I feel like it's such a cop-out. Like, I remember when we first got married and we had a few blueies, it would be guaranteed 
Hales might feel bad at the end, and she, I'd have a gif when I come home. I'm like, you just got me that because we had an argument. And I'll just get me annoyed. I'm like, instead of doing that, why don't we just be nice to each other instead of giving me a gift? And, oh, it just gets me going. So I see so many times that people are like, you can be like a dirtbag for the whole time, and then at the very end give someone a gift, and you're like, get off scot-free. And I'm like, oh, it drives me insane. I'm not a gifts person, though. I understand that. So some people might be thinking, yeah, but I've got a gift. But I think some of us do that with God. And I was thinking, it reminded me of another scripture, this, because especially it says in the Passion Translation, after fear, it says, ready to obey him. And here it says, who walks in his ways. And walking in his ways, is, I think it's a bit more of a nicer, nicer way of saying obey, really, aren't we? Because... I know, I'm like fresh out of like the youth kind of um, scene because I grew up in church, so going to the EXO days and Youth Alive events and everything like that. And they hammer home the follow Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus. And they use all these like really nice kind of emotive words and everything like that. But they feel like they leave out the bit of like, oh, do what he says. Like, <laughs> yeah, cool, hang out with him, pray and everything like that. But let's start by doing what he says. So... <laughs> That, it's just, I'm still, I'm working through that, but that's right. And so I think, I've seen other guys and the other, other younger people, because I always kind of knew that, and I think that's, that's from mum and dad, I kind of ingrained that kind of, okay, this relationship means to actually obey him. But I, I, I see other examples where people give a sacrifice, but without the obedience. So they feel like they give, they do the one-off really big thing for God. It's like, everyone look at me, I'm doing this for God. But then Monday morning, they're doing the wrong thing or something like that. Like they're just not living the right lifestyle. So this reminded me of another, another verse in um, 1 Samuel 20, 22 to 23. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. So what was going on back in here was the same thing that we see now is that the people of Israel, they're not silly people, but they were thinking, oh, like all these rules, they had a lot of rules, the Jewish people. So like, I don't, let's cut them some slack when we look back. But I mean, they had so many rules, so like 206 mitzvah or something like that. It was just ridiculous. And so they've, some of them started going, oh, well, if no one else sees me doing that, and then if I just go to the, to the synagogue and do a burnt offering, everyone's hunky-dory, we're all Okay. So, but God can see through that. And so to him, the little constant obedience is better than that one-off big sacrifice. And then I really liked how in 23 it comes in and says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. And it was interesting that he used the word witchcraft, I think. Like when you think of witchcraft, it's, it's conjuring these processes or this or something to start that's supernatural. It's breaking natural laws, which kind of and God set up those natural laws, so it's breaking what God has made to be the norm. So I feel like when you're trying to, you're trying to have your cake and eat it too, aren't you? When you do that sacrifice, you kind of live how you want to live, and then do the sacrifice, and then you live as, and then like, oh, I'm good with God, but I still get to do what I want to do which is breaking that natural order that God's already created. So it's the same sin as witchcraft. 
And rebellion, you may think, oh, it's not rebellion or like stubbornness. But if you look at the root cause of what's going on, yeah, it might not be full-blown like rebellion and you're doing it with like consciously going, um, I'm rebelling against God. You might just think, well, it's too hard, God. It's like, it's, why do I have to do that? It doesn't make sense. Like how many people have heard Christians who say, well, why do I have to do that? Like why? It doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> who cares? God said do it. So... If you actually, if God is your Lord, then it doesn't matter. If he says wear pink fluffy socks to work, we got to wear pink fluffy socks to work, guys. Unless, like, why, who are we to say, it doesn't make sense, God. Why, we, why, do, why do we have to do that? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're tithing. Yeah, but he'll understand. Like, I've got to go pay, like, I've got a mortgage and the kids, like, we've got to pay for the swimming lessons and stuff like that. So, yeah, but he said to do it. So... Like, why do, do you, do you, is he your Lord or is he just your, your friend? You know what I mean? Hmm. So yeah, that's what's gone. So when it goes into that um, other, the, what the root cause is, it's kind of a, it's this, I know better than God. That's why it's idolatry because you're treating yourself as your God because you're saying, my head, my tiny little mind, has come up with a better idea than what God said. So you've just slipped another God on top of God. And that's why I love that verse. When I read in the Passion Translation, and they bow low before God. I just think that's such a good image of how to fear God and how to obey God. Because when, they, when you do these sacrifices as well, it's a public act. You're going out, everyone's lining up to go see the priest... And if you can afford the big, really nice bull that has no blemish and everything like that, they're all like, oh, look at that. He's got the really nice one. Like, he could afford the, I have to get the one with the spots and stuff on it and he stinks and he's got fly blow and everything. It's just stuff. Like, but that's what it was like. And we do that now. Like, we think we don't, but we've got a Christian culture. Right? You've been on Instagram and it's like, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to give them Bibles. I'm going to do this, which is all great. Don't get me wrong. I, like, you don't throw the, like, the baby out with the bathwater. It is good. But I'm saying you need the other, you need to obey as well as do these things. Because we all know some people who, okay, maybe not. We're judging them, aren't we? But anyhow, <laughs> I, felt, I felt like, <laughs> you know, I hope you know this. Otherwise, if you just think I'm a real, like, a real bad person, that's all right. I've seen people who do that. And you're like, I what? I don't know. How does that make sense? Like, yeah, okay. You've done the big thing in front of everyone, but I had a chat to you the other day and you like made me blush with the amount of cussing that was coming out of your mouth. Like, I don't know. It's like to me, that's not what fearing God is about. And that's what I liked about bowing, when they said bowing. It's not that, and um, so the joyous are those who love the Lord and give him extravagant gifts. That's not what it says. So it says, who bow low before a God. It's a, it's a, it's just, decreasing your posture it doesn't cost you anything everyone can bow and it's not a way of blowing yourself up it's a way of making yourself smaller in front of other people to then magnify god so the whole the whole way of fearing and obeying god so if you if you feel like you're fearing god or you're sacrificing for god but it's in a way that makes you feel a little bit more holy or a little bit more righteous when you walk into church or something like that so you can get your little head nod on you're like mm-hmm, i'm all good with god Yep, did you see that? I just gave a lot of money to the building fund. And they walk off with a nice little hat. 
Wrong reason. That's not the way to do it. The way to fear and obey God is to bow down low and just stay there and say, you're number one. It's the person who you go, well, anyhow, me, I have so much more respect for those people. You come back five years later and you look back and then you go, oh, wow, look at, look at that. You were doing that for the whole time? Like, yeah, yeah, I was. I kept going to church and yeah, I was serving. You're serving for like five years. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was all right. That was a lot of, oh, good work. Like that to me, that's more of a, a statement. No, not, okay, that's, that's for God. I feel like that's the little bit of obedience for God. But too, as a, as a community, that's kind of like the real, when you're a family, well, my family in particular too, we don't do the big extravagant gifts things, but it's a little bit of obedience and like showing each other that we love for each other that makes the real that's when we really go, yeah, that's like, that's what we're about kind of thing. And like I said, I went to, was like at youth, I, when I did all the whole, the, the youth movement and stuff, and I, which I really like. It gave me that, a really good foundation. But I, like, I'm still on this kind of, which is why this, I think this, this passion stood out to me. I'm still kind of like just like readjusting my mindset from it all because I think it just threw me off a little bit. And not because what they're saying is wrong. I think just because of my personality, I kind of like take the like exact, well, that's what they said, so I'm going to do it kind of thing instead of like, okay, what are they meaning to say here? So that's what I mean, not having to dig at anyone. And then, but I liked, at, at these youth movements, it's always like, Okay, you got to go pray, get in your prayer closet, pray, and then you can go change the world, you can change your school, you can do all this. And I was like, yeah. And now I'm like 25 and I'm like, what am I doing? Because <laughs> it's like, I'm not changing the world. And it's this kind of getting back into this fear the Lord and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. And being all right with that. That's what I'm kind of learning at the moment. Because I've got that kind of that kind of Pentecostal youth kid in the background going, When are you changing the world? What have you done? Where's where's the new Facebook, mate? What are you doing? And I'm like, Yeah, no, I've got to do something, gotta do something. But it's like, no, 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 it's all right. Fear the Lord, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. And so I love how it says here, for the may the Lord bless you out of his Zion glory. In the Passion Translation, right? so, and it says, "May the Lord bless you out of Zion." So, to me, when I hear like the Hill of Zion, I think of like the church because that's where the temple was and stuff like that. And what I'm learning the more in my Christian walk is, yes, we will change the world, but it doesn't mean that I'll change the world. I might play a part in that. So, I'm just learning to find how my little unique cog shape fits into God's plan. And then, as we're all turning together we do something that is actually world-changing. Of course, we get some of the big cogs, and you might be the little one. Same force is going on there, you know what I mean? Like, you know how you get your mechanical advantage? So it's still the same force, but you might just be spinning like... and not feel like you're doing anything, and you see these big guys, and just like chilling, and boom, 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 boom. You might not be the big guy, but that's okay. It comes down... To fearing the God, like fearing the Lord and keeping his commandments. And that's what I'm just trying to learn and figure out. Just find your spot, get like, just get really committed to it and just being content with that. 
And then you don't need to go be the one who's changing the world or have to have the next big fangdangle idea. It's okay. And I just love that. So it comes out of Zion. So it starts in the church. And then you may see the good of Jerusalem. So then I feel like Zion's kind of like the church. And then Jerusalem's kind of like our community. I mean, we could, like, it's there. Yeah, there's no hard and fast line between that. I don't know what you mean. But to me, when I think, I think of Jerusalem's like kind of that community. And then Israel's kind of like our nation kind of thing. So I just love how... When we're doing all this, you may see the good of Jerusalem. Then we're actually encouraging each other. We're living together. And that's, I feel like that's one of those indicators. It's like, if you're feeling, like I said at the start, like, oh, so-and-so gets to do this, and it's like to one of the, your brethren or like your brother or sister in Christ, then I don't think you've bought into it and you're not playing a part. Like, you're not in the community right. Like, we should get excited for each other. Like, when... You guys went away for your, it was your 10th wedding anniversary, you know what I mean? We weren't like, oh man, Ross is going away with Emily. It was Fiji, was it Fiji? Benawatu, sorry man. But I was like, yeah, that's great. This is sick. Like, that's good on you, man. And then I went for um, a push bike ride with Tim on New Year's Day. You don't know guys, by the way, we're like, Tim and I are like semi-professional bike riders at the moment. <laughs> we do like the, <laughs> he's the only guy, actually, who at church, who I'll get in my lycra for. So, just, that's, that's pretty serious, guys. I hope you know that. Linda actually caught me in my Lycra once, and it wasn't planned. I was a little bit embarrassed. But, um, <laughs> she won't see it again. Just do. Um, but anyhow, we're going on a really nice ride on New Year's And then he was telling me all the plans he had for this year. And it was like, oh, that seems cool. Like, I wasn't like a, oh, man, Tim's doing so much better than me. Oh, man. Okay, well, I better rush up this hill to make him feel it. But (laughs) it wasn't like that. It was more like, oh, yeah, this is cool. That's heaps good, man. Like, and I feel like that's the kind of when we are fearing God, obeying him in the community, that's the kind of attitudes that start to grow and we start to work together. All right, so we do that. We fear God. We get our motives right. We start to feel and bind to this community. And then, and I just love how the older I get, I just realize it's less and less about you. But it's like he starts to talk about your children and your children's children. And so, especially after having Ira, I'm just starting to realize that. And then um, for lunch today, we're going to go see my grandparents, so Ira's great-grandparents, I'm going to have lunch. And it's like, you can just tell the amount of joy they get when they, when they see Ira. Like, I don't know, I do try, I try hard to impress my family sometimes, but it's like, hey, Pa, I just got a cool job in the city. He's like, oh, good on you, mate. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> hey, Pa, just bought a house. What do you reckon? Yeah, good on you, mate. I'm like, cool. All right, wow, all right, what else do you want me to do? And then, I, like, he gets to hold Ira, and then he's, like, goo-goo-garring, pulling baby faces. I'm like, What's this cool dude doing? Like, he was just like melted him. And he's like trying, he always tries to act like he doesn't care. It's like his little joke. But, and Ira's too young to know that though. So he flicks into the, I'm just going to show him I love him. And he does the goo goo gaga faces with him. And it's just like, oh wow. Like, that's not the stuff that impresses my grandparents. They're not happy. Well, they are, they're happy for me. But their real reward is seeing. Ira grow up, seeing my child grow up. And so, and I don't, like, I know I don't understand what he's actually going through his mind, but I just know that 
that's affected him more than anything else I've done. And I mean, when you think about it, it wasn't even that. We could have done that ages ago. So anyhow, that's the thing that blows me away. That was easier than getting a job. But, <laughs> but anyhow, maybe that's what God's trying to teach us something there. Just chill out. But um, <laughs> may the Lord bless you out of his Zion glory. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem throughout your lifetime. May you be surrounded by your grandchildren and happiness to you and happiness to Israel. I just think that's it, hey, church. We just need to buy into that. And this is what I'm going to be believing for this year, is the, is the year of generosity and the year of happiness here. And it's, I, it's not in that cliche way. I actually legit think that's the year that's happening. So happiness to you. Happiness to Israel and Happy New Year, church. We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.